Welcome to Lingua Hub Bali's podcasts. In this first episode, we're going to talk about educating for sustainability, teaching the young ones how to connect the dots. This podcast is based on an article I wrote in 2018 when I was doing an MA in educational leadership in the University of Manchester. Rethinking and redefining our education. Living in our day-to-day modern world, we tend to get distracted by powerful, overwhelming capitalistic conveniences around us. And it takes effort for us to look around and analyze our daily actions. We are so conditioned to think more about elements of our own comfort and our families than to consider aspects of what we decide to buy, post, wear and do globally. We don't usually think where our coffee comes from or why supermarkets tend to wrap their bananas individually in plastics or who makes our iPhone 7, for example. It might sound like it's trivial, but I think it's the basis of a great deal of destruction on us, the loss of our connection to the world we're living in. We will never change the way we treat our environment if we never start to look and notice things around us as an inseparable entity from our existence on us. The question is, how do we make more people see this inseparability? Reflecting on this notion of inseparability, I thought of my beautiful home country, Indonesia. One critical issue in the country's education model is the separation of learning at school and understanding how the world works. For example, some people are aware of the importance of waste management as they were once taught at school, but in real life, they may still throw plastic rubbish in the street or river. This made me question the way we educate that may tend to undermine the ability to connect the dots. We need to pass on skills and knowledge to the young ones to critically analyze the inseparability of their actions from what happens in the world. It's therefore crucial to start consciously rethinking and redefining of what we want to achieve in our education. We often associate education with schooling, doing exams, getting a degree to gain qualifications to get a well-paying job, but... Do we really want to dedicate our education merely to economic growth? Or perhaps we can educate to tackle social and environmental challenges in this fast-changing world. An alternative proposed by Victor Nolle in 2016 is Educating for Sustainability, which promotes sustainability worldview. It's the ability to see and engage with the world by considering the impacts of our decisions and behaviors on others now and in the future. Now, how do we educate the young ones to possess a sustainability worldview? I think making subjects relevant to daily life, developing thinking skills by enhancing reading and listening capacity, communicating our values, beliefs and opinions and collaborating towards shared goals dedicated to the betterment of our well-being and the environment around us are all useful 
to help the young generations start thinking about making change in the world. It's also essential to note what David Orr in 1994 suggested, that the way learners learn is as important as the course content. We shouldn't rely on the classroom as the only place where learning can occur. Place-based education by Gregory Smith in 2002 was an excellent example to explore this idea. Learners can gain their knowledge to restore healthy ecosystems by converting some abandoned ponds into a park and nature center, for example. Language teachers can also integrate the sustainability views in lessons and teaching methodology. One example that has been applied in English teaching is Content and Language Integrated Learning, or CLIL. Using this method in a formal school, teachers teach a language through the content of their subjects, science, geography, history, and so on. It's been done in Melbourne Biodiversity and CLIL, where a school combines learning Japanese with biodiversity and science education innovatively. Meanwhile, in an informal uh, language school, where the curriculum is less rigid, teachers can tailor their lessons on the required language points in the context of sustainability. Some lesson plan and worksheet examples in this informal language teaching context can be retrieved from Greening ESL or British Council Sustainability Lessons. My thinking development in integrating sustainability into language teaching is a journey that began when Dr. Joan Tippett from the University of Manchester gave her inspiring talk about what we can do to help the sustainability notion work through Roundview. Another pivotal point was my valuable learning experience in achieving workshop on sustainable futures held by the Grantham Center for Sustainable Futures, highlighting that we, human beings collectively, are technologically and scientifically ready to shift to a more sustainable path in conducting our activities on Earth. But the question we need to ask ourselves is whether we have the political, sociological and cultural will to change. It's more challenging to make people change their environmental public policy and implement it in a country where its policymakers, politicians, academics and business people do not share a similar worldview. Reconstructing our view of morality. We often associate morality with respecting others' rights by, for example, not committing a crime. But we do less so with being less environmentally damaging. We tend not to consider our day-to-day ecologically harmful actions on Earth when judging our morality because it's the fundamental rights of the distant, invisible future generations that we try to respect. Jeffrey Bucket, in 1989, viewed the concept of morality and sustainability as our responsibility to ensure that the rights of future generations are not harmed. 
Bearing this in mind, we'll think that it's a constant challenge to make ourselves aware of the consequences of our daily decision making towards the changes of our present and future Earth's ecological conditions. In talking about ecological sustainability, Wendell Berry in David O. in 1992 emphasized that we must achieve the character and acquire the skills to live much poorer than we do. We must do more for ourselves and each other, which I interpret as our tendency to overconsume as we get wealthier has given us the illusion that we are much better people than those living sustainably in the middle of a rainforest, uh, for example, Papua. But maybe we all need to question this.